Dude, I got a new watch this week, and like, I think, it, I think, I think it's broken. Like on no. on, on s- Saturday and Sundays it works, but on Monday to Friday all it does is say it's almost the weekend. Oh, wah, wah, you wah, got wah. me with that one. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Uh, I mean, it sucks that you don't have a new watch, but what an intro! What an intro! Were you thinking about that one all week? <laughs> no, I just thought of that now. Oh, God. So good. I, it's the I, sort of thing that I would, like, have at the end of the last week's episode and be like, now i got to hold on to this for a whole <laughs> seven days. <laughs> I have done stuff like that before, but no, this, this it came naturally. Very good, very good. Uh, how are you? Um, yeah, I'm good. Had a pretty fun week at work. Um a fun Games week moving around. Oh fun week work. Yeah. Yeah. We got the new office secured. I mean, it was already pretty much a sure thing, but we signed signed the lease. Oh, yeah. And um, um, we're going to be moving over the next couple of months, which is pretty exciting. Sick. Um, I got introduced to a... Do you know Tim and Eric? You know, awesome show. Great job. I, I've, I've seen clips and i've heard yeah. of it i don't think i've lasted a full episode though because yeah they're, okay. they're quite cringy yeah so they have um tim had this show that came out i think after um hmm. anyway it, it came out <laughs> sorry my brain just stopped working <laughs> <laughs> it came out after called on cinema where him and uh, a guest come in and review two movies that are in that are coming out that week oh cool um or movies it doesn't really seem to they say that the movies that are coming out this week but i think they mean just movies in general because mm-hmm. a lot of them are random um but yeah it is it has polluted my brain you know the same way that after you watch the room like it pollutes the way that your brain oh. thinks about making movies like uh, yeah, yeah it's like it's polluted my brain about the way that two people speak to one another over any kind of media format. So if I'm weird, like I just was, where I just fade out for no <laughs> discernible reason, then that that's your explanation. Yeah. Okay. That's that. That's fine. I'm I'm very ready to em- embrace any kind of absurdity you, you bring to the podcast today. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but other than that, though, I've been playing Hunt because the new event is on this week. Oh, cool. Boy, howdy, have they done a good job with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sink, back on the hunt it, train. Yeah. They've, um, so normally what they do is they just put these, like, little destructible items in the world and you got to destroy them to get points and then you get points for killing hunters and points for killing the boss and that's kind of it. Yeah, okay. Um, and then, you know, you build up points and it gives you rewards depending on how many points you get towards the, through the whole event. So it's sort mm-hmm. of like, um, just a progression system. Right. Um, with little little rewards along the way. But this time, they've gone above and beyond and they've made it really clear what all the awards are. They've laid them all out in a row. Um, the actual things that you need to destroy in the game this time require not just destroying. You have to, like, sneak up to them. There's snakes. Snakes in a basket. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to, like, sneakily take the snakes out of the basket. Oh, cool. Um, and then there's, this, there's, like, a, spe- a special area next to the boss arena where you can dispose of your snakes and um oh you get more God. points for that <laughs> yeah okay. so yeah they've, they've just added more steps basically to the process of getting points but i love it and it's all on theme with the event which is serpent moon and um yeah great very cool that sounds like a lot of fun mm. Hell yeah. yeah it's good to be back on the bayou shooting up some people and being stalked by people who are way better than me <laughs> yep that's uh online gaming at large really Mm-mm. Have you been playing any video games? Um, yeah, yeah, I've been playing Super Castlevania Four. Um, it's been good. It's really fun. Nice. It's right. uh, yeah, I've I've I loved playing the first Castlevania with you ages ago. I just oh yeah yeah yeah. I just felt like that was so well designed. It was beautiful. Just a beautiful game. I love that game. Yeah. It's really yeah. hard. Um, and this one's pretty hard too. The soundtrack kicks ass. Um, yeah, I haven't played it for long, but man, it just it's a great feeling arcade game just to pick it up and, and give it a thrash. Um, also, it's just made me think, like, you know, been been playing, like, a, a couple of games from, like, the early 90s, the 2D Marios, the Donkey Kong Countries. Yeah, you know, dude, like, you've been on a nostalgia kick recently. Right, and, like... 
I just, I don't know, I kind of feel like Castlevania and Donkey Kong Country are way better than Mario in, like, a 2D format. I, oh, um, totally, yeah. I, I think they just get it right in a way that Mario kind of drags a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which Mario specifically are you thinking of? Mario 3? Mario 3, Super Mario World. Um, oh, right, okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, need to, I need to give those Marios another good crack. I haven't played them in ages. Um, but yeah, Super, Super Castlevania has just been like that game on my Switch that I can pick up and put down. It's really good. Um, mm. Otherwise, I've been playing God of War. Oh, yeah. How's that going? Um, it's good. So, like, the story's great. I love their relationship. Super, super good shit. Great script. Great acting. Um, I'm there. Um, mm. Level design, fantastic. Scrounging is super rewarding and, like... They do, they do the prestige on you. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you walk into an area and there's like a chest that you can see. That's like the pledge, right? It's, it's visible. And then you, you got to work out like how to get there. You might need to like solve a puzzle or like maybe you forget about it and you like, you know, go, go around the mountain. And then there's like the turn where you see this secret kind of passageway that you need to break yeah. through. And then yeah. you like come out the other side and the chest is there and you get that prestige feeling and you're like, Oh baby. Like yeah. they do that a lot. And I feel like it's, it's really well designed every time. Like it's, it's honestly pretty impressive considering how big the world feels. Yeah. Um, yeah. But bro, the combat is killing me. Oh, um, really? You're hating uh, it? Oh, man. Like, it's just so slow. Um, and, you know, like, equipping the axe, throwing the axe, summoning the axe. Like, it's so slow, and I think it's, like, a part of the game that is really cool, but mm. it just... It's really cool when there's no combat. Um, and I think, in a way, that kind of takes the coolness away from it. Like, mm. it's it's just, everything's too slow. Movement sucks. It's kind of like, everything is just framed around whichever way the camera is facing. And, yeah, and, yeah. and so it's more cinematic that way. But, dude, it's kind of like tank controls light. You know, yeah. you, you can't sprint backwards or sideways. Um, and again, it's super cinematic, but it's really frustrating. It just... In, you know, Super Mario 64 came out 25 years ago. Why why are we still having trouble with really bad movement? Anyway, like, yeah, there's just a bunch of design decisions, like rolling, feeling useless, the fact that you can't jump. I talked about it last pod. They didn't go for yep. the arcade feel, and I feel like no. it's a real detriment. Um, and, yep. ju- and just... Just some, like, you know, the most piss-weak Draga staggers the literal God of War. And That's how I felt, yeah. And I it's felt like, a little weak. Yeah, and you ain't no basic bitch chosen undead. You're fucking... <laughs> you're Kratos, and they can walk up and slap you empty-handed and you get staggered. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I think if I could turn the combat off, I would, but mm. wow. the, the easy mode is so easy that you can just kind of blitz through it. Um, yeah, right. That's so... Yeah, I think I think I'll just stick with it and stay on easy. But yeah, the the scrounging is a plus for me, and um, you know the the story between the the boy and the dad are, are really good. Yeah, nice. I, I I'd like to form a um a formal petition to change exploration in game to in games to the word scrounging from here on. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep all right so i mean yeah it's it, you are you're scrounging down there you're like you, you got the, you got the boy being like god can we move on and you're like trying to work out a puzzle i'm busy like, scrounging dad shut up boy i'm scrounging <laughs> yeah shut up boy too busy scrounging yeah very nice uh, but yeah look that's 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 all i got I'll, I'll 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 keep you updated it's interesting because you um you have such negative feelings towards the combat, but so many people who played that game loved it for its combat. Mm. So it's it's really cool because, like, typically, I think with, with especially, like, reviewers and stuff like that, they're often colored by other reviewers and other players, mm. whereas you don't really have any... <laughs> like, you just started playing it, you know? Like, you don't really have any preconceived notions on what parts of the game are supposed to do what, and so... Right. No. I feel like your especially honest review of the combat is very interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing in a vacuum, I guess. 
Um, but once, you yeah. know, once, once I finish it, I like when I finish a game, I usually do like check out a review, um, just to see like what they thought, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've said my piece. Let's move on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so would you like some news? Yeah. Oh, well, are we going to do the giveaway first? Okay. Let's do the giveaway first. It's um, giveaway so time. I have one final giveaway related question. Oh, um, yeah. Did you want to read out our uh, listeners' emails while before we do the giveaway and just say, like say what their topics were and stuff, or do you want to just do the giveaway? Um, yeah, no, let, let's. Well, we we got a bunch of emails, so it was it was really cool to see everyone emailing in and like the topics everyone chose were really interesting. Okay. Um, and and we're already like this week. If you've clicked on this, you can probably already see the topic. We're we're starting going through you guys' topics. So even though you might not win, we're still gonna chat through um, what you wanted to hear. Totally. Like, yeah, we're gonna do all these topics. They were great. Yeah, hell yeah. I already I already decided. I didn't I didn't even ask you. We're doing these topics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean we'll we'll get into this week's topic a bit later, but Ugh. it was it was a challenge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll go through. So Alice sent in this week's topic, which is, um, crypto games or crypto in games, which mm-hmm. is, I think something we may never would have spoken about, mm. um, if it wasn't, it's for sort this... of come up in the periphery a little bit, like every now and then we'll be like, oh, there's, you know, metaverse, blah, blah, blah. So it's yeah. there. It's yeah. Just, it's just always been on the side. Yeah, I will. Um, I will admit, whenever you said metaverse, I had no idea what you were talking about. But oh I, god, I've okay. I've learned. I've learned since okay. uh, we researched this topic. Um, Diego sent in a topic um, of looks versus mechanics, which is really cool. That's definitely a topic that I'm looking forward to. Um, mm. We got Andrew shooting in a topic, uh, maybe about esports, which is is something I think you wanted to talk about anyway, Joe. So you've you've plucked that topic right out of our secret Google Doc where we keep some of the topics. Oh, yeah. I also love how Andrew used a big font in his email. <laughs> very attention-grabbing. Um, we've got our dear friend, the Twilight Priest. Um, we we play online game. If, if ever I talk about an online game, it's, it's usually a game that I've played with the Twilight Priest. Um, and he'd like to hear us talk about the hype beast. Oh, um, hell yeah. That's which, an awesome topic. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And I think, um, I think we're both going to be able to give like a totally different spin because I, I, you know, I rarely buy games on release and you're often re- ready to kind of jump into a game and be part of that like launch experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to hear your takeaways on that as well. Uh, we've got Burke and his, his topic is around, um, more of an industry topic around AAA games being rushed and not completed. Um, and that'll be cool to have a, a whole podcast dedicated to that. Cause we've, we've talked about that kind of stuff quite a bit. Um, mm. especially when we mentioned like favorite indie games and that kind of thing. And finally, um, Bartos writes in and asks us to talk about VR games, um, which is cool because I think after talking about immersion, like VR technology is is definitely something that uh, we can spend a bit of time on. Yeah, even just that last little bit where he's like, do you think they'll explode in popularity as the hardware gets better or they'll be shunned? I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with that. You know, like we had the whole 3D TV thing sort of boom and bust really quick, but VR seems to have stuck around a little longer, but I don't know what kind of tail it has on it, if any. Yeah. And so, yeah, well, uh, I'm already keen to chew on that one. Hell yeah. Well, look, thanks so much to everyone for for shooting us an email and asking us to uh, talk about some shit. Do you want to take away the, uh, the giveaway? Hell yeah. Let me, um, share my screen just so you can see it. Hell yeah. Not that you wouldn't, wouldn't believe me if I told you what was happening anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little bit more exciting if we both see it. it do you see the wheel? Oh, I see the wheel. So you guys have all your names on a wheel that we're going to spin. Yeah, that's right. Um, okay, cool. So everyone is here. Just making sure. Yep. 
Cool. All right. And I'm going to, this is a video recording as well. So I'll post this to the Twitter or whatever. Oh, uh, cool. Okay. Uh, you want to count us down? Yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to do, we're going to do a drum roll. Yeah. Um, two spins, two spins. Two spins. All right. We're going to do a drum roll. Here we go. Three, two, one. It's spin. It's spin. I, I, yeah. you, there's no audio, so it's not that exciting. <laughs> oh, all right. Oh yeah, Alice wins the first one. All Very right. good. That's, Ooh. I mean, that that's almost scripted, right? Because we're doing Alice's topic this week. That's yeah. perfect. That's perfect. But Alice, this is your episode, <laughs> which is a shame because I don't think you like crypto games. <laughs> like you're actually <laughs> fundamentally against them. It's, it's just funny. Uh, I used to play. Alice is a friend from a while back. We used to play Apex together. Oh no, shit. Yeah, and they live in the UK. Lovely person. Very, very much deserving. Hell right. yeah. So, Alice, you get the Kratos figure, as you mm -hmm. specified, and so this is for Atreus. That's right. Here we go. It's spinning again. There is actually some noise, but it's very quiet. Oh, okay. Bartos! Hell yeah. Congratulations. Bartos wins the Atreus figure. Hell yeah. There's clapping and cheering. <laughs> I haven't, I can't, I don't think you can hear the audio, but yeah, it's very good. Oh my okay. god. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's what? great. Thanks everyone what? for entering. Yeah, thank you all very much for entering. Um uh, that was a fun little little experience. I reckon I want to do it again. I've got a got a couple of other goodies that I want to give away. Oh my um, god. Joe's treasure more, trove. Yeah, more stuff from my bookshelf that just is gathering dust but is still cool and I would love to enrich some folks' lives with. So that's great. Oh, yeah. Um, more signed goodies as well, not just like random stuff from the bench. It's like actually signed by dev teams and stuff. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Oh, man. The perks. The perks of the being perks. in the industry. Mm -mm -mm. Very so, cool. Well, you well, want some three piece feed? I do. And just to give everyone a heads up, we're going to skip um, the email segment at the end of this one just because we were doing the giveaway. So, yeah, I would love to hear some news. Hell yeah. Um, uh, 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 where did I put the news? I hid it somewhere. Okay. Um, first piece of news is just a real little one. This is like, you know, almost akin to a bag chip. But, oh, yeah. Um, Outer Wilds is coming to Xbox Series X at slash S and PS5. Uh, Outer Wilds is an Annapurna offering. Oh, okay. Have you heard about it? Um, I have only heard about it because I got it confused once with Outer Worlds. Yes, yes. But I only know that it's a game that exists. I don't know anything else about it. Yeah, I reckon you would probably like it. It's um, like an indie game where you pilot a spaceship between planets in a solar system that's ending every 10 minutes or something like that. So like, oh, cool. You have to, yeah, and you've got to use um, different tools and mechanics to help solve the puzzle of why the, you know, the black hole swallows the universe. No shit. There's lots of little characters and creatures on all the planets, and there's all sorts of little resource management things going on. It's very, very playable and Moorish. Man, yeah, that that uh, sounds like it's up my alley. So yeah, coming to PS5, which uh, which is a real treat. Um, okay, and Xbox. Next piece of news. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but it was on Twitter a little while ago. Someone just randomly posted a video from Near Automata of a secret hidden area which was like extremely realistic looking. It was like them playing a game. They walked through this door that was hidden in a white wall mm -hmm. and down into this, you know, church-like area. Mm -hmm. um, and Near Automata, if you haven't heard about it, is, is this extremely esoteric, very weird game with like 47 different endings. And like, you haven't really played it unless you've played it four times. <laughs> like, right. it's a, yeah, it's extremely strange, but beautiful game. Um, cool. And, and it's always been about trying to figure out where the last secret is. Oh, um, okay. And supposedly someone has already found the last secret. So this extra secret was like, which one is the real last? Was there ever like what's going on? So, right. Um, yeah. It turns out though, it was a mod, a very good mod and not a secret area. So oh, we, we had the dirty done on us. Yeah, they did the dirty. They did the dirty real good though. You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So props for doing the dirty. Yeah, props for the dirty. Uh, <laughs> and then this is sort of a local piece of news, um, but um, Axie Infinity developer, which is related to today's topic, um, Immutable, let go a bunch of its de development team last week. 
Wait, um, wait. Is... Axie Infinity is the Australian offering? Yes, yes. Oh, my God. Well, y'all can look forward to me shitting on <laughs> Axie Infinity quite a bit in this episode. But, wow, yeah. right. So... They've yeah. they've made their billions and they're ready to to uh, destroy the livelihoods of their colleagues. Great, sounds good. Yeah, they're well. They already like this was one of those cases, sort of like greed. Do you remember when greed, like I got let go from greed, they'd just like recently hired on like four people from overseas countries that oh, had, like yeah. moved their lives and like you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Uh, like, moved their dogs into different families and all that sort of stuff. And just like, now it's like, yep, job's gone. Sorry. Bye. Like Fuck. terrible, terrible stuff. Anyway, similar, similar style story here. Um, they let go a, a bunch of people. It's not clear. Apparently it's over 20, mm-hmm. um, right. which from a company this size, it's not really that many, but apparently it's basically all of the devs. Um, the, mm. you know, most of the people who are actually making the game, the rest of the people at the company are doing crypto, I guess, related junk. Yeah. Um, anyway, this story is specifically focused around the CEO who moved a bunch of tokens, um, informing uh, investors of a hack, supposedly prior to this, um, you know, this event of them losing a few of their devs, mm-hmm. and uh, and he's being he's being investigated for insider trading. So that's nice. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> i'm just trying to ease it into today's yeah. topic with the last piece of news <laughs> yeah yeah no that's good and look and look yeah. this this is important because we're we're trying to stave off ignorance with this topic mm. you know like mm. uh even alice in in the email they wrote were like you know this is something that i don't know much about and i'd love i'd love to hear you guys talk about it and like that's that's why we're here because i yeah. i learned a lot because um you know, I, I, I texted you when mm. you put this on the Google Doc. I was like, there are crypto games? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just, it makes sense and it's kind of obvious, but I just had never really put any conscious thought into it. Yeah. So, shall we dive in? Let's let's dive in. We've got the, the concrete <sighs> in our boots. Let's jump in the yeah. river. Let's jump straight up the river. Uh <laughs> So, I mean, maybe we should just give, like, a brief little bit of background about, like, you know, what is this whole thing? Um, okay. I'm, ha- I'm happy to, to do to have a go at that, if you like. Yeah, if if you can. So, like, I, I did a, a little bit of research, but I kind of got sidetracked um, mm-hmm. by a documentary that was funded by a crypto gaming company and I yeah. just I went down the rabbit hole a bit so like I'll, yeah, I guess yeah. I guess I'll I'll have like a mini segment where I yes, can yes, I, I can it. do that but otherwise for the more general stuff I think I think you're going to be king here that's fine yeah okay Let, let's kick it off um so I mean it, speaking really broadly and loosely and probably somewhat incorrectly um mm-hmm. cryptocurrency is a digital form of currency that's supposedly uh good quote unquote for its decentralized and verifiable transaction model right Mm -hmm. so if you're looking to make an alternative style investment say not in property or or, um you know pokemon trading cards or (laughs) the stock market furbies (laughs) furbies you know whatever dog breeding i don't know there's all sorts of stuff people do out there these days to make money but if you're looking to not do one of those tried and tested um, centralized versions of um, wealth generation, then crypto popped up. Right. Um, <clears throat> and in recent times, um, there's been this push for crypto to be involved in video games. And I, I guess there's a few sort of, I'm, I'm going to call them pillars again, pillars of um, of the ways that crypto is specifically useful, quote unquote, for video games. Right, right. Um, and so the first one, and I think this is probably the the least um, understood, but most lauded pillar mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is um, uh, what's the word that I used here? Digital um, interoperability. Um, so basically, you can take an asset from one of your crypto games. Say there's a crypto version of World of Warcraft. Okay. And you get a sword in that game, and it's registered on the blockchain. This specific sword, mm-hmm. or it's it's like a you know it's 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 a NFT, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Mm, okay, yeah. 
Um, it's an item that you have got verified on the blockchain and you can take it into another game with you. So say you want to go and play on Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse service, <laughs> you can take the sword in there and show it off to all your friends. Right. Uh, or you can take it over to NBA Jam 2023, which apparently is also a crypto game. No, it's not. I'm just using it as an example. And put it on your <laughs> favorite basketballer's back. I don't know. Holy There's all sorts shit. of stuff that these people are saying you can do. It's basically the Wild West. Right, right. So it's it's basically an asset that you own digitally and yes. you can use it however you like across as many platforms that support it. Correct. Right, okay. And I, I guess the... the Pipe dream for pipe dream for this kind of thing is that all of the um, platforms that you, the word that you just used mm -hmm. uh, are able to be interoperable. Um, anyone who's ever made a game before, or anyone who's ever made a three D asset before, knows that that's just such a wild concept. Because, so for starters, the software that I make my animations in is called Maya. It's an industry standard piece of software, and it has mm -hmm. an up axis, which is the way that gravity falls. You know the the direction of the sky is y so you know x and y is x is left and right yep z is back and forth y is up and down yep in unreal engine z is the up axis so all of a sudden you know you can't really take an asset and expect it to be up the same way in one piece of software that it is in the game engine right i'm right? with you yeah okay it's it's different across all different software packages and all game engines so you know already you're like dealing with stuff that isn't up the correct orientation <laughs> yeah okay uh and that's not to speak of you know all sorts of code and compiling issues that i'm just like not you know code savvy enough to, to even speak on but like interoperability is basically a non-starter and it's it's you know often sold as like this is one of the main things that that the metaverse and crypto is really going to bring to the gaming sphere it's usually the first thing they bring up right so so just to clarify with with that analogy so interoperability interoperability is a foundation for the game or is it like more of a foundation for the asset so so what i mean by that is like using your animation software analogy if mm. if we use audio software you've got like file types that like we're recording this podcast right and you can export this as a wav file and yep. i can throw that wav file into a completely different piece of audio software and it recognizes it and i'm all good is that interruptibility or is that something else because interruptibility actually concerns the audio software in this analogy that's a really good question so it's less about the specific individual piece of an asset. It's more about the fact that it's an entire asset that often in entails a heap of different things. Right. So for instance, in the sword analogy, like um, perhaps when you equip the sword, it plays an audio file. In the case of the web file export, uh -huh. that would probably still work across a heap of different game engines, though not necessarily. Mm -hmm. it's, it comes down to all sorts of different things as well. Like what soft, like, Audio doesn't just play in a game engine. Oftentimes there's like proprietary plugins and pieces of software sure. that it uses to make sure the audio plays in 3D space or when it's attached to a specific thing. You know, there's all sorts yeah. of part, part piece to it, pieces to it. But um, basically, yes, the, the WAV is a semi-interoperable -interoper uh, part of an asset. Uh -huh. However, there's all sorts of other parts to that asset, you know, animations and textures and effects and, um, you know, texture sheets and all that sort of stuff that, that may not be as simple to uh, bring across. Right. And and so the, the, the cryptosphere is saying in these games, you're able to do that. Yeah. It's like a major selling point of like the future of the space. Right. In interoperability. You heard yep. it here first, folks. <laughs> yeah. Cool. It's, okay. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, another pillar is uh, this whole idea of play to earn. Um, mm -hmm. which is probably what we're going to spend a lot of today talking about. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, I probably won't dive too much into that, but the basic notion is that in, in today's modern video games, you buy a skin for your character in Fortnite and it's no longer having any value. Your, your character, you know, the money that you spent on getting that skin is basically sent to the developers and the publishers and it's gone. You know, like yeah. you don't have any say on what happens to that skin. Yeah. Um, it's just yours on your character. If you stop playing the game... You can't take it to any other game. 
it's that whole interoperability thing playing out at play again and also it's not resellable right uh, so that's 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 basically what um crypto games are trying to solve quote unquote mm, okay um um let's see uh, another part of this whole um pillar i guess and this is sort of pretty closely linked to play to earn mm-hmm. is the is the concept of digital ownership right and so yeah this is closely tied to nfts yeah so um, i i did want to say because i i kind of realized now that you know when i saw this topic i was like there are crypto games but we actually have had some nft related news like the square enix kerfuffle yeah. Um, but they're, they're kind of one and the same kind of thing, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so an NFT is, uh, I really despise that I'm explaining (laughs) something, there's something like I need to take a shower. Yeah, um, dude, I know exactly how you feel. And like Alice, just so you know, like when we were, we, we've (laughs) talked about this topic offline more than any other topic, I think, because we would like find something out or look at something and just be like, oh, I feel so gross. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The whole thing is like drippy with late stage, late stage post-capitalism, you know, (laughs) nightmare fuel. It's just really. Uh, it's re- it's a lot. Um, so, yep. but an NFT is a non fungible token, which is really techno babble for um, a serial, right? It's a, it's a number. Mm, um, yeah, and it's a number that is tied to a specific transaction on what we've been calling the blockchain, which is something that's tied to um, cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. And so, the whole point of the blockchain is that it's a, a series of these serials that have been locked into place, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like you know one two three. One two three four, one two three four five, and they're all in a row. And each one of these these blocks on the chain is um, verified by the fact that it's on the chain. Right. Um, and with NFTs, it basically gives you the ability to say that this serial belongs to me. This one two three four, that's mine. I own this. And and that's it, isn't it? That's, that's all. It. That's all an NFT is. So if you've got like a, you know. They had, it, and it was so weird, like it was such a hard concept to grasp initially because it's, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it, NFTs started off as, as pictures on the internet. And yeah. I, I think the general consensus is I can just screenshot that picture and own it. <laughs> yeah. But the the value came from owning this specific set of serial numbers or numbers or like your your place on the blockchain via that picture yeah and that it's and and it kind of ties into like where we'll go with play to earn and and like the crypto games because it's like the, the the value tied to that is not set in stone you know like it's so volatile it's there's there's only value in owning something on the blockchain if lots of people want to own something on the blockchain like anything right like it's it's yeah. um, value through demand or value through scarcity but Correct. like the blockchain isn't tangible and it no. doesn't do anything for you <laughs> so like yeah it's it's a, NFTs are extremely weird like I yeah they are very well. Weird. Um, I mean, I'm hearing you explain them to me. I'm mm. trying to, like, make sense of that in my head, and I'm mm. still kind of like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a huge part of the sell of these things is that you need to... There's, like, oh, you don't understand. Like, there's people who, right. like, take ple- great pleasure in having some uh, like semi-flawed understanding that they deem is, you know, the full picture to understanding what's going on and sort of lauding that over other people. I think that's uh, at least part of it. It's a sub-pillar, I would say. <laughs> a sub-pillar? Oh, my God. Um, uh, get back in the studio. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just so pretentious, right? It's yeah, like, it's it like with, with Drake's new album. I don't know if, if you've heard Drake's new album. It's not that great, but, at, at, like, on the back of all the... the bad criticism about the album and and you know it's not just like a taste thing that his album wasn't good it's just that considering his resources the production was subpar you know stuff like that and um you know he he released this video 
of him listening to it at the club being like, you know, we're here on cloud nine. You just don't understand yet. Like you don't get it. And it's just like that level of pretentiousness where you're mm. pretending there's something to get. Yes, it's, yes. It's just like you're just making a fool of yourself. Like who the mm. fuck is buying this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um it's alarming because a lot of people bought into the the hype or they bought into the FOMO, you know, the fear of missing mm. out with this train of um, you know, this specific serial, this this NFT is going to be worth a lot one day. Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, we're all going to jump on this NFT train together. Um, and the, I think that's maybe a part that I kind of missed out on before, but it's also a huge aspect to these, um, this, you know, crypto space is communities. Right. Um, and the use of the word community in, <laughs> in the crypto space is really quite toxic and very um, perverse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well said. And like, just from the little bit of research we did this week, I saw that word a fuckload. It it's yeah. just on every crypto related website. You know, it's and it's mm. it's the same as in a movie. Like, instead of the main character taking action to to save a kid, he's just sitting at the bar being like, "I save kids." You know, it's the same kind of thing. Like if if there was a community, you wouldn't need to read about them talking about a community. You just know yes. about the community. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um and so I think it, you know, there's that that aspect to it as well and there's also the sort of um forever online very isolated semi you know post-covid world or you know still in covid world where Mm. a lot of this was popping off where people were really looking for others like-minded you know people who also like sort of understood this technology to talk to about this technology with right and so i think the the whole use of the word community and and even discord's role to play in this whole thing is um is a little bit yeah like i said toxic and um Mm. problematic just because of the, it's like a predator prey style situation where you've got folks looking to push a specific, you know, a, a token or cryptocurrency or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. Community is then used as a way to bring late stage people on board and then they run away with the bag. And, you know, that's it's it's basically the whole rug pull situation. Yeah. Okay. So this, this could be a little bit of an elegant segue if we kind mm. of talk about the predatory aspect of it. Um, so we've, we've talked about play to earn. Um, and so I, when I first started researching this topic, I just typed in crypto game documentary, right? Just to see what would come up and see if I could basically get some liner notes. Um, and this, this video came up, um, by this YouTube channel called play to earn. and, And this is a play to earn doco. And um, the full documentary is 18 minutes and there's like a three minute version you can watch, which is the one I sent you. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll do my best to explain everything here so you don't need to go and give them a view because they don't <laughs> fucking deserve it. <laughs> as, as imperceptible as one view might be. Um, and so this doco frames things in an amazing light. Like, um, we were just trying to make a fun game, but you wouldn't believe what this meant for a hard-on-their-luck community in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. COVID absolutely ravaged their economy, but take a look at this. So this documentary revolves around the game Axie Infinity, um, which I didn't realise was Australian. Um, oh, no, Axie Infinity, oh, I might have misquoted before. Um, Axie Infinity is not Australian, it's Gods Unchained, which is Australian. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Okay, Sorry. cool. Sorry uh, for the misunderstanding. No, that's that's all good. Um, so, um, Axie Infinity is, is a card game, and from what I can see, it's um, it's it looks exactly the same as Gods Unchained. Um, so, just, like, honestly, just kind of think Hearthstone with, like, a, a bunch more mechanics and a lot of predatory bullshit. So, yeah, like... I- I don't know if this is, it's probably not as relevant, but I think Axie Infinity is like sort of like a Pokemon clone with a bunch of card related stuff in it. Yeah, yeah. That's... The abilities are card cards and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Um, right. And and so, you know, at, at the in the comments of this YouTube documentary, everyone's like, this is incredible. You're saving the world, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, you know, they, 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 it, it just, I mean, it, it feels gross because it just feels like, you say they're pushing an agenda 
and it, it just feels really gross when they involve uh, people in an unfortunate, like a misfortunate position. Mm, so, mm. so I, I just did a, a little bit of digging just to understand like what the full context was for something like this. So the journalist um, who talks throughout this video is funded by a crypto gaming company called Yield uh, Yield Guild Games, um, which quote unquote brings gamers together to settle in the metaverse. Um, only after connecting your wallet, of course, um, yep. you can barely access the website without connecting your wallet. Um, so they they promote this game Axie Infinity, um, and and you earn an in-game currency, right? And I promise you this is real. This currency is called Small Love Potion. Yeah, yeah. SLP? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. the SLP. And that's, dude, that's some, like, dystopian shit right there. Like, that's (laughs) that's right out of an Aldous Huxley novel. So you can swap this Small Love Potion for crypto. Um, so it's, it's, ba- it's the in-game currency, but it's also, you know, and by in-game, I mean, it, it's, it lets you purchase axes, which are the Pokemon things Joe talked about, um, mm-hmm. and uh, probably a bunch of other stuff, but it's also the currency that you trade into the real, real world for something like Ethereum. So you can convert mm-hmm. it into us dollars. So you can make a maximum of around 300 us a month. Um, at the time of the documentary, which was one year ago, so June last year. I, I tried to find out exactly how many hours a week that would be, but I couldn't find anything. Um, yep. and, and so basically that's the framing of the doco, right? Um, you know, it's it's this game has enabled people in the Philippines who lost their jobs due to COVID to be able to make enough money. Income. Yeah, to have a stable income, to have enough money to survive. That's the framing, and everyone's like, fuck, well done, amazing. <laughs> so what they don't tell you is that you need uh, an investment of approximately 100 USD, uh, 800 USD to get going. And mm. what I mean to get going is to be at a point where you were making profit. So you need a minimum amount of axes and all that kind of stuff. And obviously you can earn these without an investment, but it can take months before you start to see a profit with that method. To add to this, it's a card game that you also lose. Um, So, you know, RNG plays a part, you can get bad draws, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw that the average win rate is 50%, which really surprised me because that's the goal for designing a card game right you want yeah. all the characters and all the things to to on average hit 50 percent um optimization so that that honestly was kind of impressive but <laughs> what what it means in this context is that you spent half your time not earning money so yeah. um again i couldn't find how many hours you would need to spend a week but let's let's say it's 40 hours a week Mm-hmm. Um, 20, 20 hours of that 40 hours is spent losing on average. Yep. Um, so to stand a chance at earning the maximum amount, you need to consistently do well um, in PvP as your rating deter- determines how many small love potions you earn for winning. So okay. de- depending on where you are on the leaderboards, you earn as much as three small love potions. and oh, uh, yeah. Sorry, as little as three and as much as 21. Um, now... I, I didn't see um, how much that actually converted to at the time of the documentary, but now it's about a thousand small love potions for $4.50 USD. So yeah, like... It's fallen off in a big way. It's fallen off in a huge way. Um, and there's also an, uh, an Axie marketplace. Um, so just imagine the Diablo 3 launch marketplace. Um, which of course is fueled by demand, which of course is fueled by play account, which is starting to sound like something pyramid shaped. If you catch my <laughs> catch my drift there, like we we talked about that a little bit earlier regarding yeah. value and the blockchain. Like, you know, this when the technology is designed to make money, it can only make money if there's enough buy in from yeah. people, um, which you know is just scammy as fuck. Yeah. And, 
And so at the end of all this, and dude, feel free to jump in. I'm like, I'm trying not to hit like the rant mode. I'm just. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, let me let me let me do a little a small aside here. Okay. Um. So what you've described there is a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, to to really just like you know this is the Google and answer to what a Ponzi scheme is. It says Ponzi schemes are investment scams that pay existing investors with funds collected from new investors. So the buy-in aspect of that is like, you know, obviously depending on the state of the market and the state of the game and all that sort of stuff, that buy-in of, you know, $800 is totally dependent on how well the game is doing. Right. And how, and, and it's tied to um, like the hype of the game as well. So, you know, like the better the, the more people that are playing it, the more expensive it is and the better off the people who are at the top of the Ponzi scheme do. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. It also being crypto and being like a market drives up the market cap, like the total amount of circulated dollar dues in the mm -hmm. system mm -hmm. for that particular um, cryptocurrency. And so even though it, like if you look at it with like if you were to separate the two aspects of it, you know, game on, on side A and crypto on side B, mm -hmm. the fact that it's a game has nothing really to do with the fact that it's um, making money or like, you know, generating income for whoever's at the top mm. what's gross about it is that they're using the game these you know bright bright pixels dancing around real pretty like mm -hmm. to <laughs> to stir up that sort of uh, uh, capital of the crypto in such a way that it makes it more appealing and brings in you know disadvantaged folks from the philippines or children or whoever it is right. <laughs> to, to get involved that's right. why it's so gross <laughs> that, that part there so dude so well said and like just like most things with crypto there's a deficit in any understanding of sustainability and like mm -hmm. in this case they there's a misunderstanding of local impact as well like it's just it's as predatory as it gets they're mm -hmm. they're leveraging underprivileged people in a country still recovering from a government laden with corruption to promote their mm -hmm. fucking serotonin drained shit crypto game and <laughs> yeah. and what's worse is that they're shoving this down our throats as a good thing right yes. Yes. they're like look at how we help struggling families in the philippines it's like fuck off you know <laughs> i i had a quick look into this and like as of march of this year the philippines has an unemployment rate of 5.8 percent right mm, yeah. but before the pandemic in 2019 that rate was 5.1 percent this doesn't yeah. even crack the top 80 countries for unemployment rates worldwide so like while COVID changed the economic landscape for sure, don't act as though this crypto video game, <laughs> don't act as though this crypto video game is a local is a local solution for an indolent government. Like fucking uh, hell, it makes Blizzard like dude, it makes Blizzard targeting mummy and daddy's wallets via children look cute. Really, yeah, it does. Like, it, it really does. It makes yeah. them look cute. And just to just to finish off here, I do have a quote. Um, from the doco, um, which was said by the journalist who is funded by a crypto games company. Uh, some say NFT gaming will unlock crypto adoption at scale. This quote, yeah. this quote is followed by an interview with crypto billionaire Mark Cuban sitting, <laughs> sitting on a chair worth more than the average family in the Philippines earnings during a month. And yeah. I, I assure you with all the gravitas I can muster that they collectively give a grand total of zero fucks about struggling families in the Philippines. <laughs> like when, when the market crashed or, or when the market crashes, when suddenly a 50% win rate earns you a 10th of what it used to because the value is that much lower. Like I'll tell you what happens. The billionaire turns off his cinema-sized TV and the problems in the Philippines disappear for him. That's yeah. it. That's the end of the story. And, like, for them to frame themselves as if they were doing a good thing just made me feel so fucking gross. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think that's what's especially illuminating about the recent layoffs at Immutable. Mm. Um, and I'm speaking, uh, I, I don't know on the inside story about what's happening. I'm speaking as an outsider speculating. Mm -hmm. But, um, so the recent there was a recent pretty bad crash in the crypto market, right? Like mm. pretty bad. Like we're talking, you know, in some cases like 60, 70, 80% of value being sucked out of a lot of these coins and tokens. Yeah, I mean, I think it like I, I think it was at the point where they were losing 
trillions or a trillion yeah. you know it was a lot it was a lot yeah and so um like you said the the person at the top the billionaire who owns the company or owns the token switches off their cinema size screen and the problem goes away i think that's that's sort of like what we're seeing with um this immutable situation you know like right market bad time to stop developing this game we're going to lay off these people to minimize impact and uh and then we're going to shut off the servers or we're just going to like you know basically outsource the production and work of the rest of this game to some you know offshore company who's going to do it for on the cheap and we get to walk away with the bag yeah while, and while the game languishes yeah and like we just cut off the player base completely and it's yeah. it's it's just like everything we see with crypto like it's just so volatile you know when when you can make a a 10,000% gain overnight and you can and you can lose it overnight it's just like when you know, when people are trying to make a business out of this and then sell it as a video game, like yeah. what, what is the best you can expect? <laughs> like it's not, yeah. it's, it's not really an optimistic place to be. Yeah. So I, I did a little look into, um, the other game that we've been speaking about gods unchained a little bit, mm -hmm. um, to see how they do it because the way that Axie does it is extremely gross, but the way the <laughs> Gods Unchained does it, and I haven't played the game, but this is just what I've seen and yeah. sort of figured, yeah. is that you get rewarded with packs through playing the game. Mm -hmm. There's no, as far as I can tell, apart from, you know, connecting your wallet, which doesn't cost anything mm -hmm. um, initially, um, you get packs through every, I think it's every 10 levels, you get a regular pack, every 20 levels, you get like a rare pack and every 35 levels or something, you get a, a legendary pack. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're repeatedly getting these packs of cards that are not minted on the blockchain, but they're usable in the game. So you can play the game, um, you know, semi-functionally, uh, I guess, through just getting the in-game packs and not engaging with the store or anything like that. Right. That seems to be the case. I haven't played it. There's probably parts of it that are, you know, like you need to be able to buy this game, or sorry, buy this card to be able to play this mode or, yeah. you know, have, right. have any chance of winning to be able to actually get the, the levels to be able to get the packs in the first place. You know, there's probably some of that built in there. Yeah, um, yeah. But the way that they do it is that once you've got a duplicate of a card, mm -hmm. you can take the the two cards and fuse them into an NFT. And so that's the part <laughs> where it, it costs money, right? So it costs right. money to mint something. You don't just get to press a button and off you go. You, you're now like raking in the dollars. It actually costs money to mint an NFT. Right. It costs money to have that processing power happen on, on the blockchain and put the, put the serials in the big computer in the sky, baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so it, at, at the time that I was looking at this, this video of this dude doing exactly that, it cost about $10 to mint an NFT. Mm -hmm. And then... What I also found kind of weird, there's two parts. So the first part <laughs> is that I don't know how much money you make from selling that card, right? R right. Like I, was it, it, I was about to ask, how do you know that you're going to get value out of, out of minting an NFT from that game? Right. I don't know. Like, there's this huge part of it where it's like, surely you would have to have some really great understanding of what's wanted right now in the market as far as cards go. And then mm -hmm. surely minting a card of that type would cost more as a result because the, the designers would know. Mm -hmm. And then surely the markup is in, in such a way and the, like the payment structure is in such a way that you don't actually make that much money. I saw some graph somewhere that said, you know, like there's gas fees of 5%, 10% and then there's, um, uh, what did they call it? Play a cut of 5%, 10%. Where's the rest of the money going? Because like, <laughs> that's whatever is like 80% left, you yeah. know, is that going to the devs or the publishers or who's taking the 80%? I mean, and so, fuck, yeah, yeah. I, that's, I mean, like, have we talked about the, uh, the, the, how much that company is worth? Oh God. Their initial valuation was off the chain. So, so Pardon the pun. as, as we speak, that this company is worth $3.5 billion. Mm. And, and you know, when you talk about that complete mystery behind that 80%, uh, you, you look at those numbers and it, it kind of checks out. But that that is just an obscene amount of money for a video game. And I know we're talking in the cryptosphere, but when we just consider a card game that you play on Nintendo Switch or something like that, 
it's it's absurd to think at the end of the day and you know this this game's been out for like two years i think right maybe two and a half years uh a bit longer but yeah something like that right okay um and it it just seems insane that these these companies are getting anywhere near that amount of money that is just mm. a mind-boggling amount of money and and you know from from what i saw like this this team has kind of wavered between 120 people to 200 people and mm. it's it's just insane it's just way too much <laughs> money for that yeah something gives something's got to give for that valuation <laughs> so the, yeah. the valuation isn't how much money they have it's how much they are worth based on you know assets and you know uh, projected income and all that sort of stuff so, right, but see. they also have had quite a substantial investments i think in the same article that you're looking at there's something like 90 million 120 million something like that that was invested to this company in order to make these games Bloody in hell. order to make this game so that's not a small sum of money it's quite a large sum of money that's insane imagine like slay the spire 2 here's 90 million dollars yeah it's it, it is wild capital for a card game uh, <laughs> and a dev team of 20 people like it's just unheard of so when i when i heard that valuation i was like what in what on the earth and then when i saw that investment i was like double what on earth this is, <laughs> this is such a strange you know it just it 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 really reeks of like something a bit fishy going on um not that there is but it just seems like such a wild valuation for a card game yeah Anyway, um, I, I was looking at some stats from Gods Unchained, and this is sort of a, a little prequel to... Oh, no, it's, it's, it's unrelated, but there was a second part that I was talking about that, that I thought was really weird about, like, the black box of this game. So, yeah. um, you know what? Actually, we'll do the black box other part. So, on, on the marketplace <laughs> for, for Gods Unchained, there's, uh -huh. like, a part where you can say, you know, click on the market and go buy and sell. Okay. Um, and then you can look at the cards that are available. A bunch of them here are, like, going for $0.02 cents USD. Mm -hmm. Um you click on one of these cards that's like going for two cents USD and you like search it up and you're like, oh yeah, that's, that's, that seems like a reasonable, you know, price for a card or whatever, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and, then you, and then you sort from price highest to lowest. The uh -huh. same card that's going for two cents is also going for four and a half million US dollars. <laughs> and I can't pass why that's the case. I've Googled this. I've looked for documentaries or people explaining the game, how it works. I don't know why the same card, literally the same art. There's nothing special about it. No, nothing has changed on the card face. There's no like weird gold out outline. It's not like special in any way that is discernible to human eye. I don't know why oh <laughs> you can have God. something that costs two cents and also four and a half million dollars. I don't get it. Is it, so, is it just kind of like, you know, on eBay, how you can type in, you know, Mario 64 sealed copy and there'll be someone who's like... Maybe. Yeah, here you go, it's $400. And there's also someone who's like, yep, 50 grand, coffee yeah, up. I, like, that's the part, the other part of the black box, right? I don't know who sets the price. Is it the mark? So it could be like at the time that the person minted that card, it was worth that much. That seems, that seems wild. That seems that you've had that so much of a wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two I, cents I to 4.5 million. I, I can't pass that. Even if you do lose 80%, you're still not losing that. It's, it's just insane to me that that's, that's possible. Anyway, I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, that's, um, and that's then, a great little, little skerrick of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then just some recent stats. Number of players slash unique players each day. Uh for Gods Unchained. Back in April of 2022, it was around 2000, you know, sort of breaching the 2000 mark. Okay. Um, so that's uh, unique players and matches as well. So there's like two little bars that are on this graph that are going up and down. Mm -hmm. um, so it's giving you an, an indication of like, you know, unique sign-ins as well as people actually playing the game. Mm -hmm. Yep. And for the first half of the graph, it seems okay. You know, it's sort of, it's trending downwards, but the players and the matches are relatively in sync. Mm -hmm. And then from uh, yesterday, there is... Sorry, I, I misspoke. 20,000, not 2,000. Oh, okay. I was going to say, that's very low. That's like, yeah. that's not a lot. Okay, 20,000. All right, yep. 20,000, yeah, okay. Uh, and then it goes down to today, uh, sorry, yesterday, and it's closer to just breaching 5,000. Right, um, okay. And that, that's matches. And then players, there's uh, just over 6,000. Right. And okay. so it's really weird because you've got this, like, separation of these two lines on the graph where it's like, you know, 
the players and the matches kind of seem in sync and now it's looking as though the players are like higher than the matches which is kind of strange like what right. what's going on are people just like buying into the game but not actually playing it or are they yeah it's is, is that like maybe you know after there's been a high adoption rate like people have a large collection of cards and they're not actually playing like they're not it's logging on to, to play the game yeah they're logging yeah. on to like um interact with the marketplace yeah maybe um, so yeah, there's another little tidbit for you. It's probably worthless. Um, but there you go. Um, <laughs> Just like NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like the, the kind of only silver lining that, that I've noticed with this whole thing is mm -hmm. that, um, it's been really, really poorly received across a lot of consumers and a lot of folks on the internet Yeah. when their, their favorite developer says, you know, we're going to put NFTs in this game or we're going to do an NFT of, you know, the X, X, Y, Z character from the game. It's usually cancelled or lambasted in some way mm, um mm -hmm. and and that's that's good that's yeah. real nice you yeah. like to see it love to see it i think and and i it's it's interesting because we we actually had that question from peter last week about the antidote to open world games and and you, oh, yeah. and you kind of touched on the solution being around curation and, yeah. and I think the parallel here is that it, it shares a solution um, and it's, it's a little bit convoluted because the solution is where you put your money. Mm. And, and, you know, if you keep buying open world games, then companies are going to keep making them. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just the change of one person can be so imperceptible in this context. It's, you know, it's like that view on that video I talked about earlier. Like it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it really doesn't make a difference, but it takes a lot of people cottoning on and to, to hear about that reception you just spoke of where for the most part, it seems like people are shutting this shit down. Like yeah. that's a great thing, you know, that, that yeah. it, it feels like we're not going to see, 40 assassins creeds in a row that have nft ezos or whatever you know like yeah that's yeah. that's a future we really need to avoid you know like where we're complaining about and the proliferation of op open <laughs> worlds in video games which is totally valid but like I just want to point out that we could be really privileged right now. What if in 10 years we're talking about the proliferation of NFTs in video games? Like yeah. that would be really fucked. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to sort of gather some closing, closing thoughts here, but um, yeah, the, it, what I'm sort of also seeing is the, you know, a, a lot of the times it's larger companies that are buying into this, like mm. the, you know, Ubisofts and, um, you know, what was it, Square Enix that are saying, oh, yeah, we're adopting some form of crypto or NFT um, stuff into our ecosystems. Yeah. And um, yep. from from what I've seen, it's been, you know, either mostly hated and then dropped or poorly implemented and then, you know, also dropped as a result. Like, it's not, mm. it's not doing as well. But what, what's so strange to me is, like, how are these people being sold so easily like what's mm. going on there must be some really talented crypto spruikers out there that are just like <laughs> yeah you know like going to these major companies and saying boy do i have a value proposition for you you can turn these paying players into ultra paying players like mm. i don't know bro like what's going on there's something going on <laughs> yeah yeah I, I it's it's just kind of that age-old debate of passion versus money you know you mm. you had that quote from the ea dude the other week that was just um, like if you're not considering putting microtransactions in your game you're a fucking idiot yeah. like the next step is just replace microtransactions with nfts and like you know 10 years ago we would have been having this exact same conversation where it's like what the hell are people seeing in microtransactions <laughs> you yeah. know so yeah it's uh it's it's a mess honestly i'm i'm glad we i'm glad we did it though like this is this is honestly cathartic. yeah it's cathartic totally it's been a lot of fun just to rag on this shit um, yeah in like an open forum but did you did you have anything you wanted to close with um two small things um so the first thing is a little quote that i put at the end from a person who was interviewing uh in regards to that doco that you mentioned earlier they oh, were yep. doing a news show Mm -hmm. uh, and they were saying, you know, here's the problems with that documentary, sort of like how you did. Um, mm -hmm. 
and something they said towards the end of the interview was it's people looking for a solution to a problem that does not exist mm-hmm. um i think that's really prescient because like there's you know a, a lot of the stuff that nfts and crypto stuff is trying to do not all but most of the stuff that it's trying to do mm. has either already been solved or already been solved and it's way better than what they're trying to do so like yep an example that i'm thinking about right now is like well you you've got like this um like not being able to resell your stuff for instance there mm. are there are games that that let you do stuff like that though it's usually not sold back into fiat it's usually kept within the ecosystem of the game. Right. And I, I think that's actually not a bad thing. Like, mm. um, it's it's totally, you know, the, the minute that you start to be able to withdraw money, especially with something like crypto, it becomes really um, tricky, right? Because, like, it's not like you can just say you've got four cents of Ethereum. You can't just withdraw that into your bank account. It costs money to do any transaction on the blockchain, yeah. most yeah. blockchain. Yeah. And so what you end up with is a bunch of people with like, you know, $12 in their wallets that they can't do anything with because it's just like, you know, they can't afford the gas fees. It's not enough. Yeah. It's yeah. not enough. And so, yeah, any time that you have like an open system where you're able to like withdraw back into it, it's just, it, it just is riddled with issues. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then the other thing I was going to talk about, what was it? Something about that. I've forgotten. I've forgotten. It's gone. Never mind. <laughs> it's it's gone just like this topic. Um, yeah. but but like speaking of, you know, I feel like there was a lot of speculation on on this episode. Like if if you've played these games or you're you're from a country where um it was a genuine option to to play Axie Infinity or something similar to to you know get through the month or whatever, we would love to to hear that. Um, yeah. Or, or you made any. If you've made a single dollar from one of these games, I would love to know about it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, actually withdraw a dollar. I want to know. <laughs> yeah. So, give us a bell on it's almost the weekend pod at gmail.com. Um, otherwise, unless you've got anything else, we, uh, we hope you have a lovely weekend and we'll see you next time. It's almost the weekend. Hell yeah. Bye bye. Bye. Peace, we love you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>